0: Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro podcast. I'm Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Sonia Popaza from Kamuda join us. Sonia, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience.
1: Hi, Shana, thank you for having me here. I feel honored and also excited to be here today. So as you mentioned, my name is Sonia and now I work in fieldenablement My professional experience expands across multiple fields and multiple industries. I've started in marketing in public sector, moved to project management in banking, then marketing and exports in a manufacturing company, like a tableware producer. And then amazing. I moved to Japan where I graduated an executive training program, worked on embassy, supporting some events and then market research and came back to my country. I've moved on the other side of learning. and became a program manager for Angloville, which is English learning training program for adults. And after that, I designed my own courses on Udemy. Then deciding what to do with my life was the most difficult part ever. So for Udemy, I designed these courses where I map the skills that I felt needed for certain Domain like marketing and sales, because at that point I didn't know what to choose to do next. And those courses became very popular. So, and I also enjoyed producing them, that I started to look for a job developing these courses and started working in Oracle as a sales enabled professional, designing courses for sales and consulting. And probably I would be still working in Oracle, but I've changed the country and changing the country, I decided to join another company, which is now Kamunda. It's a company with only 300 people compared to what Oracle was a giant. But I feel like all the skills and knowledge that I gathered working in Oracle can be easily applied and I can do my own things here in Kamunda and try new things that get them successful.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you on our podcast today. On LinkedIn, you wrote a post about microlearning that says, in order to have a sustainable approach to learning, we need to be more mindful and intentional regarding where we put our energy and our attention. I I love that quote. How does microlearning help create the sustainable approach to learning?
1: Well, it's mindfulness and intentional. It's on my mind all the time, just because while being at Oracle, I was also founder of Wellbeing Enthusiast Group, and it became part of my life. And I feel like in today's fast-paced world, most of us become so much attached to the digital environment that we feel disconnected from everyone and everything when we put down our gadgets. So we are bombarded with so much content that it becomes very difficult to distinguish what's valuable, what's of immediate use, or just nice to have. If it's just filling in our free time with something of interest, then it's fine to do what you like, read a book, read a blog, listen to a podcast, or watch a movie. But if we have a plan of personal or professional growth, all this time spent doing whatever is a valuable resource that we can use to more intentionally towards reaching our goals. So being spontaneous is great, but having a plan in mind help us get further with baby steps and help us build our blocks. If we could plan some small bites of learning into our everyday life, it gets us further than blocking only two hours in uh, one day at the end of the week, let's say, as those small chunks of time build your long-lasting habits of learning something new every day rather than those two hours when sometimes you feel like, I don't need that, I'm doing that just because I have to.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. Now, you've also talked about the importance of keeping reps engaged in learning programs Especially in you know the virtual and hybrid environments that you're just chatting about, you know what are some of your best practices for generating that engagement?
1: So starting from my own experience, I have traveled, concentrated in learning in the uni, just reading a book and making it somehow work. I'm basing all my programs on bite-sized content, just because the learner attention span is somehow between two and six minutes. So I'm also guiding all the SMEs that I work with to concentrate into saying everything they have on just one topic that is no longer than than six minutes. And my aim is also to set our team for success by being ready to reuse, recombine, repurpose some of it. While some information might get outdated very fast and some other information need to be replaced. So we are trying to to cover one topic per video and then keep a section under 30 minutes so a person can schedule that 30 minutes during a day and they don't necessarily need to to consume all the content of the program in one day, this, as I mentioned, split it during several consecutive days or when they have the time to dedicate 30 minutes for their learning. We use short training materials to cover how-to videos for tools and other stuff that can be covered in such a short time. We also extract short success stories or interviews from longer presentation sessions and webinars. And what we do is for the longer presentation sessions and webinars that the leaders want us to share with our team and they find it useful for our teams, the least I can do is to add some timestamps to help preps navigate faster and go directly to the information of their immediate use.
0: So you mentioned that the content in your programs can play a big role in delivering genuine engagement. When it comes to content, what are your best practices for finding the right in-house content to use to create your training programs?
1: Well, for finding the right content, like the in-house content, it's always difficult, especially if you are working for an older, larger, and more mature organization, the challenge is to identify that content. That usually files into three piles, like outdated, needs updated, and still up to date. The key to surface the most useful content and keep it all up to date is to have a procedure in place, to revise it periodically, and have it mapped on specific skills, keywords, curated, and repurposed as needed. For younger, smaller organization, the challenge is to identify existing content and mapping the gaps. So here there is also the challenge of how to best use the low resources in human capital. Like usually your field enablement team is very small and they have to do a lot of things. In Kamunda, we had to start from information stored on Confluence pages and organizing informative sessions about what's new in the company, then what sales team need to know in order to perform their jobs. And we are now moving towards video-based learning, practical sessions, and live certification. When you are starting in a company and there is no tracking system in place, what you have to do is map your content to know what you have. So by the time you need to create something, at least you will know what you have and what needs to be further developed.
0: You just mentioned different ways that content developers can create content to be easily consumed by the learners. So how do you work with subject matter experts or SMEs to create that consumable content?
1: Well, Approaching different SMEs depends on the type of training we want to create. As a process, your first step would be to ask the sales leaders about what they need. Tie their needs to the company goals, validate the needs, and then create a calendar based on the sales enablement team availability to create and deliver, and the sales team availability to consume the training, because it doesn't make sense to work so much in developing content that The sales team do not have the time to consume and the sales leader do not have the buy-in and do not promote your your training. So once you have decided what training you want to create, then the next step would be deciding who's going to be your SMEs and guide them into what you need. Because usually you are using many SME subject matter experts who are coming from different fields and you will have to make sure they are on the same page. So your program is consistent and delivered at the same level of quality. So for company-related knowledge-based, like strategy, positioning, specific solutions, we work with the founders. We have two co-founders to to have the message, and then different field leaders, like sales leaders, product marketing team leaders, and also professionals on their on their job who or, already have an authority in the company and the face for delivering that content. For training on how to use specific tools, we use vendor training materials combined with in-house specialists, like the early adopters who have tried it and made it work for themselves and learn how to navigate the tools. While for skills training, like the sales skills throughout the sales cycle, if it's general knowledge or general skills, we can try to bring in a specialist on the topic who have already delivered training materials and training programs because it doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheel.
0: Fantastic. Now, as the sales environment continues to evolve, how do you anticipate your training programs will also evolve? And how are you beginning to plan for this in your current enablement strategy?
1: Well, Shona, I think that's a really great question. And I can only provide an answer that fits a medium-sized company. Like we are about 300 people in Kamunda with a relatively new function. Field enablement function is less than three years and the experience I gained in Oracle where the sales enablement function was covered by almost 300 people showed me what good looks like. Now in Kamunda, with a team of two, soon to become three people, we need to provide the best possible experience with our training program so that the teams in the field become more successful due to the new gain knowledge and skills. And they return to us to ask for what they need. Initially, the team was focusing on putting up fires, meaning reacting to the leader's immediate needs, more on communicating what's new. And trust me, there is always something new in this company that the sales team needs to be aware of and know how to position that information to their prospects and customers. We have monthly Spark session for for creating awareness on this subject and updates. We've developed a couple of training programs, which include sharing information, checking learners' understanding, and testing how they apply what they've learned. And of course, more topics to come on that. And we are also moving towards creating a safe playground where our sales team can apply what they learned before going to the customers like incorporating training sessions in our programs with breakout rooms and places where they can interact with each other on the topics. And then the next step would be creating certification sessions for more sensitive content. And when I'm saying sensitive content, I'm talking about Kamunda launching our new platform product, which is like revolutionary for us. And everyone needs to be enabled on what to say and how to position this new product that we need people to train on how to position things as because we haven't done it before on this topic. And how we plan, we've been through a lot of changing and now it's time to get us all aligned. Our field enablement team initially had the VP and now we moved under the rev ops and we have promoted a new sales leader because the previous one left. So it's time for everyone to get on the same page and we are trying to set the priorities and the roadmap for the next two years. Even if you are saying like maybe in sales enablement two years is a lot and it's too much. Starting from scratch is usually very difficult. And if there is something on that roadmap, at least there is a way to grab what's there and maybe reprioritize. And another way to help us navigate and get faster to uh, create training programs is by defining the process of how to get there by creating also templates and processes and checklists and procedures so it's easier to replicate faster.
0: Fantastic. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it today. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, please visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.